It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. I am Steve Jacob. This is Craig Forsythe and we are here to preview your Philadelphia Flyers week ahead for the week of February 17th. And Craig, I know you had uh, the best Valentine's Day with the Flyers. You and, uh, I guess, the team just got together, exchanged candies and, and flowers and all that. And you're here now to talk about their week ahead. Yes, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, everybody loves candy on the team. It was great. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I got nothing. But anyway, it's a big week. <laughs> it's a big week ahead because they have a pair of games against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who uh, are becoming one of the main teams they have to focus on during the playoff stretch down here. So final two games of regular season against them, complete the uh, four-game season series, and uh, Flyers have the first two wins. But I would say, Stephen, that these uh, two games this week are probably a little bit more important. Probably more important in terms of uh, trying to make it to the the postseason. Just a little bit, just a smidge. Just, Just a little bit. Uh, but speaking of the playoff picture real quick, uh, Flyers are currently in the second wild card. They have 71 points with a record of 32, 20, and 7, plus 16 goal differential. Uh, they're 5-3-0 in their eight games in February. Um, and the Blue Jackets are right above them in the standings. They have 72 points. So, again, the Flyers play the Blue Jackets uh, Tuesday night in Philly and then Thursday night in Columbus. Uh, so at the end of Thursday's action... Uh, when you factor in Carolina's schedule, the Islander schedule, and the Panther schedule, who are all the teams right in that the four or five teams that are looking to get the two wild card spots or the last spot in uh, in their divisions. Um, if the Flyers win both their games in regulation, and then the Islanders, Carolina, and Florida lose all their games, uh, the Flyers can end up third in the division with Carolina five points behind them, but two games in hand, and the Panthers seven points behind them with one game in hand. Again, that would be um, Carolina has a game on Tuesday. Islanders have a game on Wednesday. And then the Panthers have two games. Uh, they play the Ducks on Wednesday and the Kings on Thursday. So if they all lose their games and the Flyers win their two games of regulation, they'll gain separation from the Hurricanes and Panthers and also be third in the division, which may not you know, be ideal playing the, uh, playing the Penguins on the road to start. But it's where you want to be to at least ensure you're probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, if they lose both their games in regulation this week, and then the Hurricanes win their game, the Islanders win their game, and the Panthers win their pair of games, the Flyers could be the second team out of a playoff spot. Uh, oh, wow. they don't have, yeah, they'll be stuck at 71. Uh, Columbus will move up to 75. They'll be third in the division. Islanders will be 74. They'll be the top wild card. And then the Hurricanes and Panthers will be tied. And whoever loses that tiebreaker is going to be the first team out of the playoff spot. So, you know, people talk about playoff picture a lot when it comes to middle of January on to the regular season. But in terms of actual point swings, this is a ginormous week for the uh, for the Flyers. And they can't pretty much you just can't leave with zero points in these next two games. I, I mean, you don't want to get one and it would be nice if we get more than two, but. You, you can't lose these next two games in regulation or it's going to really, it, it's going to be a real struggle to get those points back down the stretch here, but super screwed, I think is the term we're looking for. That is the technical term. I think that was the term Batman was tossing around. I didn't know if he let that out yet, but yeah, it's uh, I and you know, they can dig their way out of it, but again, already trailing Columbus to go 
from one point to high one point behind the five uh this late would be a, a little bit of a ball buster but i again their opponents this week so the blue jackets twice and the and the winnipeg jets on saturday these are games i feel like the flyers should control play do fairly well and um it should be a lot of offense from the Flyers. It's whether or not they're going to be able to beat Merzlikens and um, and Connor Hellybuck from the uh, from the Jets. But going back, what a world! Like, what, a world. Yeah, what a world! These are the what questions. Are, these are the two goalies. So yeah, like what are we doing? Uh, I'm going to go through the. Uh, I mean, let's just look at the the Blue Jackets game right now. The first one on Tuesday. So Tuesday at 7 p.m. on NBCS Philly. Uh, Blue Blue Jackets, like I said, currently in the first wild card spot, seventy two points, thirty eight and twelve with a plus five goal differential, eighteen eleven and three at home, twelve seven and nine on the road. Currently, though, even though they've pretty much been on fire since the beginning of December, currently riding a five game losing streak, zero um, three and two in their last five, and even with that stretch, they're still nineteen four and eight over their last thirty one games. Um, and again, the Flyers did beat. They beat the Blue Jackets before the Blue Jackets kind of got into their groove of uh, playing strong defense uh, in their own slot and also Merzlikens kind of carrying the load. So they won 7-4 back on uh, October 26th. That was the Hay shorthanded goal for the winner. I think Ghost had a goal. That was how long ago it was. Uh, they were also down 4-2 to two with 10 minutes left. Uh, and then their second one was a 3-2 win over Columbus in Columbus. Uh, it was a Drew power play goal for the game winner. Nick Foligno scored 451 in, and then after Pitlick responded to it late in the first period, Seth Jones scored 46 seconds later. So it very much felt like a game early on the Flyers were about to lose in Columbus because that's one of their favorite things to do in franchise history is just lose games in Columbus. But they managed to come back. I believe Scott Lawton scored in that game too. But that goes a huge way for the tiebreaker as is. So it would also be nice if they won at least one of these games this week. So then if it does come down to them having the same points, same wins, and uh, same regulation overtime win totals, they at least had the, the tiebreaker in their pocket. Um, and again, it's mainly been their goaltending. Uh, Merzlikens uh, currently on a five-game losing streak right now, but he has a 914 save percentage in that time. He's played in 20 of these 31 games since uh, Columbus started turning it around, and he's 12-4-3 uh, in that time with a 943 save percentage. And five shutouts. Who? How? The hell is Elvis Merzikens? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I heard a little bit of hype about him coming over this year, but I, I, I took that as the Blue Jackets just lost Bob, and they wanted to let their fans know that it wasn't the end of the world. Turns out it's not the end of the world. Turns out Merzikens has a better NHL trajectory right now, I think, than Bob, based on their numbers at the moment. But yeah, Bob looked real bad in that last matchup with yeah. the Flyers. Just uh, just nine more years of that, Steve. Just nine, just almost an entire decade for ba- Panthers fans to look forward to. To uh, do you think? Do you think Quinn? Who do you think is going to leave the Panthers organization first, Quinville or Bob? I think Quinville at this rate. Yeah, I was going to say because that's that's it's an cool untradeable contract as it currently sits. Yeah, they got to hope for another lockout. Which, in their defense, we're due for one. I mean, it's been a couple years since we've missed some games here, so the been probably a while, gets and I mean, well, you've yeah. also got you've got the Bobrovsky contract to buy out, the Carey Price contract to buy out. You got a few. Yeah, yeah, and well, I'm sure the Flyers will get their name on another contract here sooner or later. That uh, another Andrew McDonald that will want to use a 
a buyout on. But until then, yeah. So I, I was saying that too. I think it is kind of funny that they're not even going to see Quinville with a actual goalie if this keeps up. But anyway, uh, so Merzlikens is their uh, starter. Jonas Corpusalo has been out for a minute. He's been out since late December. Uh, did have a hand in this whole hot streak that the Blue Jackets have been on for the last two months. Uh, from December 9th until he was injured, he went 6 and 3 with a 942 save percentage and one shutout. And then filling in for him is Matisse Kivleniex, Steve, and we had some fun with this. Of on course. The, on the show. Yeah, we all know about him. The undrafted 23-year-old goalie from Latvia who was 1-0-2 in his three appearances with a 916 save percentage including a 4-3 OTL loss to Buffalo on Thursday. So again, even this is the, the weak link in their goaltending uh, circle, and he's got a 9-16 in his first three uh, NHL games. So that's... It's all about that Tortorella magic. It's all about that Tortorella magic, baby. And again, the numbers, I mean, all their numbers don't look... Uh, none, none of them really look that fantastic. Uh, 28th in goals per game, second in goals against per game. So I was kidding. They, that's good. 25th in power play percentage, 7th in PK, 19th in shot attempts, 4 percentage, and 7th in expected goals, 4 percentage. They have the third lowest expected goals against per 60 rate in the league. Um, the only two teams ahead of them are the Minnesota Wild and the Boston Bruins, who are notorious over the last couple of years or during the advanced stats area of just having the best in terms of uh, the best numbers in terms of limiting quality chances against. So they're doing. You know, we were ripping on them, or I was ripping on them two weeks ago, uh, going over, uh, wow, this team's really just Elvis Merzlikens. But they do take away quality chances. Uh, and when you watch them play, or if you look at, you know, look deep into the numbers, you can see that they don't really, they don't get to the net offensively, but they also don't allow opponents to uh, really create in front of the net as well. So uh, that, it might be a little bit some boring uh, perimeter hockey. Or you know, dump and chase hockey on Tuesday and Thursday. But don't tell me this. This is, not... <laughs> this is how you sell these games. It's going to be real methodical. This is not what I want to hear. This is not the hockey I want to see. Making sure you're getting sticks and passing lanes. Yeah, that type of stuff. It's great. It's going to be exciting stuff. So. <sighs> uh, Blue Jackets. We're not. They don't have to worry about. Uh, they have a normal schedule. They don't. They didn't play a game uh, today on Monday, and they visit Nashville on Saturday. So the Flyers aren't going to get them in a weird. There's no chance Kivleniak plays unless uh, a normal schedule. What's that like? Yeah, yeah, must be nice. Yeah, I mean, we don't. You know, we don't know anything about that. But I know you're listening to NHL, so just uh, fix your fix your schedule real quick. They do. They have a normal schedule. They do not have a normal amount of injuries. Would you like to hear everybody who is banged up? for the blue jacket steve because it's oh god yes, like I the podcast. yeah please that's uh, going to be most of our our thir- 20 to 30 minute podcast here <laughs> uh okay so seth jones i believe was the latest one if he wasn't the latest he was the most important one that happened a couple days ago uh and he's now out seven to nine more weeks after undergoing ankle surgery oof Alex Venberg is out another week or two with a, just a terrible case of UBI. I mean, I heard him talking about it. It's terrible. Ryan Murray has been out with a back injury since December 14th. Corpus Allo, like I said, has been out since December. He has a knee injury. Um, Cam Atkinson is out one to two more weeks with an ankle injury. Josh Anderson has been out since mid-December with a shoulder injury. Josh Anderson, though, I'm seeing him get a lot of trade buzz. Uh, and he is... He's a guy that I've thrown around too, but if people want a Tom, like a Tom Wilson light, I feel like Josh Anderson is your guy, but you know, he needs to actually play to be like Tom Wilson. Alexander Texier is out indefinitely with a lumbar stress fracture. Yikes, that sounds painful as shit. Uh, no, thank you. 
Brandon Dubinsky hasn't played all season due to a wrist injury. And Dean Kukin is out indefinitely with a knee injury. So all these dudes are out. I just wish lead... you had done that to the tune of this. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> like Seth Atkinson, ankle inch. Anderson, <laughs> shoulder hurts. Alexander Texier out with lumbostrates. Seth Jones, ankle injury. Nah, I can't do it anymore. It hurts. I can't take it anymore. Philly Joel is great. No, he's not. Philly Joel. Yeah, don't, no don't, yeah, don't get that going. Yeah. Let's not get that going. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is an absurd amount of injuries, and especially to to key players there. I the Seth Jones one is just man. That's really the, the I mean, cherry on top of that shit Sunday. And, and honestly, a lot of these other guys too. Like uh, Texier has been fine for what he's supposed to be this season and, and the playoffs last year. Josh Anderson is supposed to be a pretty good middle six forward. Corpus Allo was supposed to be their starter. Uh, and um, Cam Atkinson is one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar because he's had, I believe he's had a 40-goal season and a 35-goal season, and nobody, you know, not exactly like the Blue Jackets are lighting it up out there. But uh, And Dean Kukan, of course, too. makes all of the high-level decisions at Blue yeah. Jackets University. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they do call him the Dean, the mean of Dean. Uh, they call him out in Columbus. The mean of Dean. Uh, but thanks to his injury and Seth Jones' injury and Ryan Murray's injury. Uh, here are the Blue Jackets' deep pairs since Jones went down. Um, it's been Zach Wierenski and Marcus Nidavara, David Savard and Vladislav Gavrikov, Andrew Peake <laughs> Say and that Scott name again, Harrington. Please. Vladislav Gavrikov. Yeah, it's the best. It's one of my favorite names in the league right now. Uh, but, you know, that sounds not like the best defense. However, over these last couple games, which, by the way, have all been losses, um, they are driving play. Uh, and two of the three pairs have been on the ice for uh, positive goal differential. So Wernski and Nudvara, uh, they've been on the ice for two Blue Jackets goals and haven't allowed any against. 57.05 expected goals, four percentage. And then Peak and Harrington, three goals for Columbus and no goals against while they were on the ice in 53-15 uh, of work. And uh, 64.63 expected goals, four percentage. So they're probably getting a really favorable pair. I mean... On, on Tuesday, that should be the pair that uh, A.V. wants to get Couturier or Konechny out there against. Uh, they're probably going to get blasted. Savard and Gavrikov are usually, I mean, they not usually Gavrikov's a rookie this year, I believe, but Savard has become pretty reliable defensively, but they have just been, they've been on the ice for five goals over the last four games, and the four have belonged to their opponents. But they're still doing fine in terms of driving play. But uh, it is kind of funny that this team overall, the Blue Jackets overall just don't really they're not offensively dangerous. It's just kind of more, they take away a ton of chances, but over the last couple of games, they've been, uh, they've been throwing a lot of pucks on net and it, uh, hasn't really been working out. So hopefully they don't the figure that touch. out this week. Yeah. Call that the torch. Yeah. Torts. Oh my God. What was the game? They played, uh, there's a really good shot. I think they played the Rangers last week and they gave up a goal with, to lose the game with a couple minutes left. And they just did the ISO cam of Tortorella's face. And you could tell he just wanted to, freak the fuck out and like yell Larry Brooks about something. So it was pretty, it was pretty exciting. Um, up front though, all these injuries have led to Liam Foudy playing uh, a few games for the, uh, the blue jackets, Liam Foudy. Uh, everybody knows who he is, but I'm going to explain it a little bit further. Uh, he's favorite. a 20 year old. So yeah. Yeah. He's my favorite too. Yeah. My favorite Liam. I don't, there's really, I don't even think maybe Liam Reddick's, but uh 20 year old center taken 18th overall in 2018. Uh, he has one assist and three shots on goal. 
in the two NHL games he's played so far. He's been on the line with Gustav Nyquist and Boone Jenner, so he's playing some decent minutes. Also, Boone Jenner, speaking of favorite names. Blue Jackets are just a goldmine for these, like, just good, solid hockey names. Boone Jenner's a good hillbilly name. I mean, Oh, 100% is. Like, yeah, he grew up somewhere in the sticks of, yeah, I think he's American, so he probably grew up in the sticks of, like, Oh, uh, you need a new tractor? Why don't you go down and talk to Boone Jenner? <laughs> Boone Jenner's your hookup for that. And then Vladislav Gavrikov is just <laughs> on so many levels an elite name. So that I, just sounds like a, I don't know, like a, a kind of a, a Russian like uh, folk tale or something. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Russia's Johnny Appleseed is I think what that is. <laughs> so we'll go with that. <laughs> um, so that's uh, maybe they just draft that, based on name. Maybe I mean that's how I draft. Kinda... You know when like you reach the point in NHL when there's not an NHL video game when there's not real players anymore that you're drafting. Like they just make oh, up yeah, names yeah. based on a name generator and you don't know anything about these guys and you don't give a shit about like scouting <laughs> them out. So you're just like, well, this guy's got a funny name. So I'm going to draft him. That seems like the blue jackets entire strategy. And it, it seems yeah. to be working out. Like they saw Elvis Merz Lickens and they said, I Oh, hell say, yes. I was going to say, I think he was a 20, I think he was a 2015 pick, 2014 pick, but yeah, that's definitely what they did. They were like, wait, this dude's name is Elvis? Yeah, of course. We're, pick him up. Of course. We're taking him up. Yeah, we're doing it. Did the marketing department say, done? <laughs> you know how many photoshops we can work off this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure Blue Jackets Twitter is nonsense right now. It's just his helmet pasted on, like, gifts of Elvis shaking his hips or something and people losing it, so. Uh, offensively, which, again, not too much offense going on there. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois leads the team in scoring with uh, 44 points. He has 17 goals in 60 games. Oh, of course, Auger. Pierre-Luc Dubois. We all know who he is. We all love him. <laughs> hey, Dubois pretty good. Let's not let's not keep this train going with Dubois. He's, a, he's pretty good. Right, I so would assume he's pretty know. good if he's leading the team he's in leading points. The team, if he's leading the NHL team in points, yeah. It's a pretty good indicator. He knows a little bit about hockey. So uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, though. Leads the team with 19 goals in 47 games, followed up by Warinsky at 18, and your boy uh, Dubois with 17. Um, it's your boy. Currently, <laughs> going into tonight, today's action, there are 17 teams who have, or seven teams who have yet to produce a 20 goal scorer this year, and uh, Blue Jackets and Flyers are two of them. Uh, so, like I said, Forks Friendly is their team with 19, and they have Warrenski and Dubois right behind. The Flyers have Konechny at 19, JVR at 18, Katori and Hayes at 17, and Drew at 16. So, a lot of guys on the doors. Yeah, if the season's end, this might be, the Flyers might be leading a different category in terms of uh, 20 goal scorers for it. But uh, I want to talk about the third round draft, or the third round of the 2013 draft, real quick, Steve. And this is because I'm bringing up Oliver Bjorkstrand. We mention it every once in a while, and then we've thrown out Tyrell Goldborn's name. So I just want to explain what we're talking about for those who may not be aware of the 2013 draft. And if you haven't, I mean... A hater's guide uh, to the 2013 NHL draft. Yeah, I was going to say. Also, if you just don't know the 2013 draft, like I I thought you guys liked hockey. You know what I mean? But anyway, 2013, uh, third round. Here we go. Goldborn taken 72nd overall. John Hayden has played a lot for the Hawks and is currently with the Devils, 174th. Pavel Buzhnevich, who is a pretty good young player on the Rangers, 75th. Jake Gensel with a pick that was originally that originally belonged to the Flyers at 77th. Marcus Hogberg, who's been The Hog. Uh, the Hog. Boss uh, Hog. Yeah, he's been uh he's been goaltending some nets in Ottawa this uh this season. Matthias Yamark, 
who was drafted by the Red Wings, and then the Red Wings made a hilariously bad trade to give him to the Stars. And he had a couple good seasons in Dallas. I don't know what's happened to him in the last two years. Anthony Duclair, taking oh. 80th, 20 goals this year. Curtis Gabriel's not good, and I'm willing to say that even though he's with the Flyers right now, but I thought I'd put him down on this list because he's with the Flyers right now, and he almost murdered Patrick last year. So 81st. Carter Verhege, who scored against the Flyers on Saturday, 82nd overall. Bjorkstrand, 89th. And then Peter Solerik, 90th, who has been up and down with the Bruins the last couple seasons. So a lot of talent. Not, you know, maybe not world beaters, but you do have a 20-goal scorer in there. You do have Jake Gensel in there, who was a 40-goal scorer. I believe, yeah, he's a 40-goal scorer. Yeah, so there, guys, there are uh, literally, like, I don't know, four guys here that I would, like, well, I would I mean, love having. Goldboard? Yeah. Oh, oh you mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. There's literally saying, four like, yeah. guys here that I would love to have over. That's just, ugh. yeah, just not even and, like circumstantial. The, the thing yeah. is, everybody knew it was a stupid pick when it happened. Everybody, except for Paul yeah. Holmgren. I will, yeah. I'm also not going to talk about another pick from that draft where I, I knew as soon as they made it, I wasn't feeling too good about it. But, um, and then the goal is, yeah, Merz Lickens for the whole year is 12, 8, and 6. 928 save percentage, 2.20 GAA, and five shutouts. If he keeps going like he is, he might work his way into the – or he may already have, but I wonder how where he ranks in the call to rankings. Because there's still Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, and those are probably, I think, still one and two going away. But the third finalist is kind of still up in the air, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it go to a Merzlikens. But well, we should, if this the, team makes the playoffs, and Merzlikens is the reason, like yeah, NHL writers eat that shit up. Oh, they that is like the main argument to give somebody any award. It's like a fringe team where you're the key guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's every yeah. coach of the year. That's every MVP. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, right, so if, it, if you had to ask like any random NHL fan right now, who do you think is coach of the year? Tortorella is probably the guy who comes up for this very reason. Oh, he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely getting some coach of the year love. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, the stuff with uh, he already had a good, if he had a good season just after the off season, like people were already penciling in because if they were anything without Panarin and Duchesne and Bob, then how was he able to make this a team? Yeah, it's gonna. I, I think he's already getting some uh, some uh, coach of the year love, but. I mean that's still a couple months away, and also it's John Tortorella, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't come true. He could actually know. explode in that. Time. Yeah, he might actually explode with happiness, which would be weird. Well, uh, I didn't mean uh, with happiness. He might actually explode. <laughs> oh, you just okay. <laughs> the um, man is just—he is just a pressure cooker. He is ready to blow at any moment. <laughs> or uh, let's put it this way—he's—he's he's a poorly restrained pressure cooker. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he definitely lets it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what the Flyers play on. Uh, play in Philly on Tuesday. They play in Columbus on Thursday. Steve, how are you feeling about these games? I think I don't know. I feel pretty good about this. I think this is a an even matchup. Uh, I would hope the Flyers can win these and can get past those. And I, I mean, they should be able to win these. I think they can win both of them in regulation. I, I think they're going to be tight. Don't get me wrong, but I really think the Flyers should win these games. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I want to say they're going to get three points. I'm nervous saying that because it's me saying I think they're going to get three points. But I think they should win the game on Tuesday. I feel like it's in Philly. I know the Blue Jackets, you know. I'm making this very clear. I do not believe in the Blue Jackets. 
Oh yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm only saying I, I think I'm still just worried about Merzlikens just stealing these two games. That's oh, really my biggest uh, fear. A hundred percent. I think this is a very probable outcome, but I don't know. I, I I think this is. I think the Flyers can take them. They can take them. Yeah, yeah they can take them. They can hang with them. I I just have a. I also have the bad like gut feeling that I'm going to see people tweeting at the BSH account about. What's Claude Giroux doing? And he's going to get like stuffed by Merzlikens on the doorstep like six times this game. And they're going to be like, oh, this team sucks. And now shoot the Blue Jackets like 60 to 10 and not understand what's going on. <laughs> like I saw Travis Konechny end up on SportsCenter's not top 10 for hitting that post in the Islanders game last week. And it's like a oh. very similar experience to like Claude Giroux like getting stuffed in one of those situations or something. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, he just believe? had bad luck there. And. Yeah, I, I can't believe that made Sports Center for that reason. But yeah. Also, Drew almost got robbed on a Saturday. I mean, he got that goal, but Fezolowski still almost got it across and made an unreal save on him. But Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, all right. Yeah, so we'll say uh, I I think they should. We're expecting a split. Let's say, play it safe here. We're, Steve's pretty scared of the Blue Jackets. We're going to say they win in Philly and then they lose in regulation out. Shaking in my boots. <laughs> I'll tell you who isn't shaking. The, I don't know if they're not, but the the Flyers are hosting the Winnipeg Jets on Saturday, 1 p.m. on the NHL Network. Uh, and I assume if you're in Philly, it's NBCS Philly. Second team outside the Western Conference playoff picture for the Jets. They uh, have 65 points with a record of 30, 25 and five, and a minus two goal differential. 15, 11 and two on the road this season. Uh, the first game of the year for the Flyers. Uh, against the Jets obviously wasn't great it was a game out Winnipeg it's the final game in their three game road trip after they learned that Oscar Limbaugh was diagnosed with cancer and that was just a a road trip I think everybody has written off as uh, you know life's more important than whatever the hell is going on, on the ice so that's a pretty hard that first game was a pretty hard uh measuring stick to kind of anticipate what's going to happen here but um that was the game where Faraby clocked Matthew Pro away from the puck uh, and it got him a three-game suspension and then the Jets scored two power play goals uh, on that ensuing five-minute major. Winnipeg went on to score four goals in 4-17 in the second period and they also tacked, in, tacked on another power play goal in the third. So a lot was going on with that first game. Uh, and the special team, the penalty kill let him down. That was probably the worst penalty kill performance of the year. Uh, four Not great. goals. Four goals unanswered in a game where it was tied, and I believe Faraby put them down two forwards. Uh, I think that's what I think that's what happened in that particular game. I don't know if that was that game or the Minnesota game, but a lot of stupid stuff happened and kind of got away from. But I don't think that is the way. I don't think that's going to be the game script for Saturday's game. The Flyers should they should kill the Jets in terms of territorial play. The Flyers should spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. Should be creating a ton of chances. It's just going to be whether or not they they beat Hell you Buck. Um, gonna I'm going to go through a couple more of their numbers here. Surprisingly, you know, talking about numbers. Uh, five two and one in February, but they're five seven and one in their last thirteen games. They lost their last five games of January in regulation. Nineteenth in goals per game. Thirteen thirteenth in goals against per game. Middle of the pack power play percentage. Twenty eighth ranked penalty kill percentage. So hopefully whatever we saw with the puck movement and generating chances over the last couple of games, hopefully they carry that shit into the weekend against the Jets and they can maybe capitalize off that. Twenty third with a, a sub fifty shot attempts four percentage, and then thirty first 
with a 43.17 expected goals for percentage. 30th and expected goals for per 60. 29th and expected goals against per 60. So let's talk about this expected goals for percentage real quick. All these numbers are fucking horrible. Like I need to <laughs> emphasize that they're like, I don't, I, there's no other way to put it. They're all bad. If the, if the season ended today with their 43.17 expected goals for percentage, they'll be, they would have the lowest team expected goals for percentage in a single season across the league since the Coyotes had a 42.4 in 2016-17. So it'll be the worst. They'll have the worst percentage of quality chances at five and five for a team over an entire season if they hold up at this rate. They're not one of not great. One of three teams producing under 2.0 expected goals for per 60. Detroit and Buffalo are the other two to give you an idea of where they're how much are generating at five and five one of four teams allowing 2.5 expected goals against per 60 or more. The other three teams are Vancouver, the Blackhawks and the Rangers and the Blackhawks and Rangers are, it's noted how hilariously bad at defense they are this year. So to be talked about with these teams on both sides of the puck where they are is it's amazing that they're still in the playoff hunt. And uh, a lot of that is just Connor Hellybuck going pretty nuts. Again, his numbers aren't great. Um, he's 25, 18, and 5 this season with a 9.18 save percentage, 2.00 GAA, but four shutouts. And also, if you look at any of the anything about quality of chances uh, against and like how much a goal is able to save it, Hellybuck's at the top of all these charts of quality of chances they've faced and what they've kept out of the net. So he's pretty much been the only reason why they're even in games this year or why they are where they are in the standings it's been if he's able to make saves they're gonna win the game um and for them i mean uh they are so kyle connor leads the team he's got 29 goals 60 points kyle connor's pretty damn good too by the way uh will will be his third 30 goal season in his first three nhl seasons Uh, he should break 35 this year as well uh 96 goals in 238 games overall uh, one on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, compared to the Flyers and the uh, Blue Jackets, they're one of three teams who already have four 20 goal scorers. So, Line has 24, Shifley has 23, and Nikolai Ehlers has 20. Blake Wheeler also has 18. So, they might be the first team that has five 20 goal scorers. So, another reason why they are in it is they do have guys that are able to produce on limited opportunities. So what we would call opportunistic uh, shooters. So they, again, they're going to spend a lot of time in the D zone, but when they do create chances, it's going to be, should be some pretty plays and uh, some pretty good shots. And uh, uh, Lucas Pisa. Let's talk about, you want, you remember Lucas Pisa? The legend. (laughs) The legend of Lucas Pisa. The myth, the legend of Lucas Pisa. Getting regular minutes, like getting regular minutes because this is what the Jets defense has become. He's got, Two goals and eight helpers for 10 points of 44 games. Minus 0.4 war rating, averaging 17.56 of ice time a night. He's part of the defense that the Jets have been using for a while now, but they're in their most recent game, their pairs were Tucker Pullman and Josh Morrissey as their top pair, Neil Pionk and Dmitry Kulikov as their second pair, and then Lucas Pisa and Nathan Bellew as their third pair. So, I mean, that's just hot. None of that is – oh, it's hot and sexy. Yeah, it's all good. All those names are great. Pullman is supposed to become decent. Morrissey is supposed to, he's fine. Uh, Pionk's been, it's funny, Pionk's, I think you could make a case, has been a better player than Truba this year. Truba hasn't exactly had the best 
numbers or look that great. Dmitry Kulikov is a little bit surprising to me because he apparently is deciding to play defense again, which was the whole reason why he sucked because he was just a physical stay-at-home defenseman that couldn't keep up with people. But whatever he's doing in Winnipeg, he's he's been helping them out. And uh, I mean that's I mean that's the it's again they. Just like the Blue Jackets do a pretty good job of keeping opponents away from the net, but maybe don't get to the net offensively as much as they should, the Jets are the exact opposite case of they they can't get to the net offensively at all, but then they allow everybody to get to the doorstep and get close chances on Hellybuck all the time. So it really is this might be a fr- this might be a really frustrating game. Like, it could look like the Flyers are dominating, because they are, and spending a lot of time in the offensive zone and all this stuff, and then the Jets might get a few chances and end up beating Carter Hart or Brian Elliott, and uh, could be real dumb. But could be I, real dumb. I'm, could I'm be real dumb. So excited. I'm thinking this is a win. And now that I'm saying that, Helly Bucks are going to have a 55 save game, but I'm thinking this should be a win, just based on, I mean, they're going to be in Philly, which always helps, and then just how bad the Jets' PK is. I feel like the Flyers might actually get a break and get a power play goal out of that. Find, uh, they should be able to take care of their power play, and at five on five, they should be heavily tilted in Philly's favor. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking they should be able to get some points here. The, and these are meaningful games for the Jets. It's just I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't know. I'm thinking the game script kind of leads towards the Flyers win here. This is just a classic like should win, but. I don't know why. Just I feel like they always have weird matchups with the Jets. So yeah, they kind of uh, do. Yeah. You go with the optimism. I I don't know why. I just feel not great about this because I feel like they play weird against the Jets usually. So I'll be the negative one on this. I'm not feeling as confident in this game. But prove me wrong. Prove me hot, wrong, Carter Hart and the gang. Kind of hot. Kind of hot. Speaking of speaking of kind of hot, what is the? Uh, you think he plays all three games this week? Uh, I think you got to throw a little moose into one of those Columbus games. I think maybe moose on the road. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Carter. Yeah. Yep. Carter, Brian Carter was my, if you wanted to give Elliot a game this week, I think he's going to play in Columbus, but, uh, Carter, Brian Carter is my favorite backstreet boy. It was also my favorite ABC sitcom on uh, Friday nights back in the nineties. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. I like that. I like that. Right I mean, I couldn't Boy tell you. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't tell you any characters on that show, but that sounds around. Yeah. Um, and then uh, players of the week, Steve. Uh, why don't you go ahead and brag about last week? Because hold it. <laughs> yeah. In, in your defense, I kind of picked a slam dunk last week. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Not necessarily he, a slam dunk. But... He was, you picked a guy who just ended his goal streak and who had been going through some games without points. He wasn't necessarily a dunk last week. I mean, he paid off. He paid off. He paid off in yeah. my thing that pays nothing. But uh, <laughs> you had you had Nicholas Abe Kubel, an AK, he had one goal. So, so he did get on the scoreboard. It's a nice change. Yeah, the scoreboard. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, honestly, he hasn't had a ton of points, so. A goal is a, a nice thing to have. I yeah. I picked Claude Giroux. He had two goals and four assists. Yeah. So, so you, 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 yeah, you, you six-timed me. That's all right. That's what I, mean. I don't care. <laughs> it was a good week I, for Claude. Uh, <laughs> it was a good week for Claude. And that's why I'm not picking him, so keep going. Uh, I'm going to slow down JVR, though. Uh, second 
Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Second on the team with goals. Uh, some real pretty passing last week. Also some goals. I'm thinking I want to let the people on Twitter keep yelling, so I'm going to make him my player of the week so then he can stop producing and then everybody can freak the fuck out on TV. So he's who you uh, who you going with. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Kevin Hayes. Uh, I don't know. Just just feeling good about Hayes either. Just feeling it. Just feeling the Hayes, feeling dog. It. That's not his nickname. Uh, just feeling KH13. Just feeling Purple Hayes. The Say Hayes just, kid. Just, uh, this you need one. You need one nickname to have one better than mine. That's pretty. You weren't even like trying. I could tell you weren't trying. You were checking out your phone. When you did that one. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, wrap it off. I'm done. <laughs> That's all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Estebaum or at Flyperbole. But make it Flyperbole for all of your hockey needs. Speaking of Flyperbole, please be sure to check out our four and a half hour show. Boom. Uh, you know what? We've been keeping it like 115, 130. Recently. I was going to say, so we've, been it, we've been pretty restrained recently. We oh, haven't had any yeah. two hour marathons recently, but that we'll is our full length yeah, podcast where we sometimes talk about hockey, sometimes talk about pop culture, often talk about The Bachelor, even though neither of us watch it. <laughs> it's quite an experience, but uh, Fly Purbly that comes out weekly, usually at the end of the week. So be sure to check that out. And if you missed last week's episode, it did come out on Saturday due to some problems with the site we uploaded to. So uh, we would greatly appreciate if you go back and check out the last episode of Fly Purbly. But be sure to follow us on all that great social media stuff. Facebook uh, for Broad Street Hockey, uh, Broad Street Hockey and BSH Radio on Twitter. And be sure to check out all of our great podcast offerings that we provide weekly on Broad Street Hockey. We all work very hard on these, and we do appreciate the great support we get from all of the listeners out there. Folks, yes, thank, you. thank you. That's all we got. Until next time, good night and good hockey.